Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today with me, I have Matt from the Great Deception Podcast. Not only does he talk about historical events like the Chicago World's Fair, but he also hosts the Monday Night Master Debaters. So thank you for coming on, Matt. Well, thanks for having me. So I always like to start off by asking people, tell me two of your favorite things about yourself or two things that you love about yourself. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I would have to say one of the things that I love about myself is that I am caring and considerate um, you know, always looking out for others, sometimes above myself. Um, and the other, uh, that I produced what I deem to be the world's greatest son. I love it. I love it. How old is he? He's nine. Fun age. That's how old my stepdaughter is. Oh, it's, it's such a cool age because they're at that point where they're just starting to get some things and others, they have no clue, but they think they know. So, yes. oh, it's so funny. Some of the discussions we have together. Yes. Yeah. I love the, uh, she was telling me the other day, like my teacher said this. Um, and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, really? The truth is this. And she goes, what? I was like, yeah, like nobody's perfect. No one knows everything. And so I've been trying to reinforce in her, you know, question everything. So now backfired a little bit. I asked her to do something. She's like, but why? Ah. And so I had to explain, but in all honesty, I'd rather take that extra couple of minutes to explain why I'm asking her to do something than her just to go. Okay. So just blindly obey. Yeah. Yep. And that, yep. and that was a tricky one with my son too, because he's like, cause I told him the same thing. I'm like, you have to question everything and everyone. And he's like, even you, I'm like, especially me. I'm like, I make mistakes too. Yep. So of course that whole rest of that day, everything I said to him or anything I asked him to do, well, why? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, this will be better for her when she gets older, being able to question and like, yep. so well, just getting them to think, right. Yeah. And not just blindly obey because so many kids have been conditioned that you're just supposed to obey whatever you hear. And it's like, no, no, no. 
because there are bad people out there, you know, and they will, they will push you to do bad things. And you have to understand that what it feels like inside of you, when it feels good, you do that. When it doesn't feel good, that's what you don't do. And right. you go off your gut and, and that'll tell you what's right and wrong for the most part. Exactly. And sometimes people, they're not malicious always necessarily. It's just, they make mistakes. They're human. And, you know, to your point of listening to your gut, always, you know, that's your best guide. It's like your little Jiminy Cricket or whatever you want to call it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. There's a reason why, you know, when you walk by someone and the hair on the back of your neck stands up, there's yep. that internal self telling you, you know, just keep going. Yeah. Does your shirt say question everything? Yes. That is so appropriate right now. Yeah, yeah that's so the lo- that logo. is the uh, slogan for my show. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, all I, all I could see was like the top that said question. I had a suspicion it said question everything. It was very appropriate for this opening topic. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you started off your podcast doing more, um, you know, you covered behind Disney and it was more like the World's Fair and the history that we've been told maybe isn't the true history or the hidden history or whatever you want to call it. But then you also do this Monday Night Master Debaters, which is a totally different side. So how did you decide to do both of those? And what do you like about each one? Um, well, I, I like the Great Deception podcast, because that's kind of like my uh, playground, you know, that's where I get to do some deep dives and go into topics that I find interesting, and then put them out there. Um, And I try and stay away from, you know, politics, you know, like current event politics and like the hot button issues of the day. And I like to go back, like you were saying, more into history and show that, you know, we've all been taught one version of history, but there's multiple sides to every story. And a lot of the side of the story that we were told wasn't necessarily how it went. So I like to expose that. Um, and, And so those shows are very time consuming. You know, yes. some of those are, you know, I, I, I tell people usually about 30 to 50 hours of research go into one of those. And, and they're about an hour and a half to two and a half hours after I record them and everything. But then I also wanted to just talk to people and meet new people through this. And I was like, well, you know what, what better way than just to have like a weekly round table where you just have people on, we're going no agenda And whatever people want to talk about, whether it's what you're researching at the time, current events, um, anything, you know, there's no, I mean, we've talked about such a wide variety of topics on that show that, and, and I love it because a, I get to, like I said, I get to meet new people. And the other thing I love about it is now other people are getting to connect through that show. And, um, you know, I start seeing them on, on each other's shows and, and shows start growing after, after they just, you know, get, get a little time on, on the uh, Monday night show. So it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we go, like I said, no agenda, um, whatever comes up, like beforehand, we'll, we'll take like two minutes and be anybody have anything they want to talk about tonight. Yeah. And, and other than that, there's no prep, which I love because yeah. all my prep goes into the other show other than, you know, getting people on and, it's been amazing because I really haven't had anybody say no. Everybody's like, yes, or, you know, um, and, and a few people are like asking to keep coming back on. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I love it. You know, I don't want to make it so that there's another weekly because I, you, uh, Ryan from dangerous world World. podcast has kind of become my co-host. Like, uh, at first he was just kept, 
every week would come on. And then eventually he started getting uh, some people on the show too. And, and we would just, you know, start collabing and bringing different guests on that we knew or, or uh, different shows, or even what I like having also is people who don't have podcasts Yes. Um, on there. And, and some of those, you know, people have some of the best information, but they just don't either have the time or the, you know, the initiative to start their own show. Yeah. And, and so it's really cool. You know, we get to meet a whole bunch of people hear a whole bunch of different opinions. And, and one of the great thing is we've had some really good discussions. Not everybody agrees on everything. And that's what I'm trying, what I try to bring back with my podcast, you know, is the art of conversation. Yes. Bringing back discussion and taking like the emotion out of everything and just being able to have a conversation between two people that don't agree. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Having, being able to have those conversations, I feel like is really rare nowadays. And a lot of the times, especially on the internet, they, you know, that you hear about trolls or whatever, and people just speak things they wouldn't actually verbalize to another human being. And they just become the, those keyboard warriors or whatever. Um, so hang on, my computer is going to die. I thought it was plugged in. I'm sorry. I sincerely apologize. Oh, no problem. I've been there. Don't worry. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> like we rearranged our living room. And so this is like in a little alcove. Mm -hmm. And the one outlet that doesn't work is the one that everything was plugged into. And I didn't realize it until a little message comes up on my computer going, you need to plug in or you're going to die. And I'm like, it is. And I look down and I'm like, fuck. It never fails. I'm glad you caught it though beforehand. Cause it would have been worse if everything died on you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Crisis averted. Oh, I am so, so sorry. I've never had that happen before. Okay. <clears throat> so Joe's going to get really good at editing. So yeah, ver people verbalize things that, or they, t they type things they wouldn't normally verbalize. And they become these like keyboard warriors and just, they can be really vicious. And if you try and call them out, they then, you know, they don't actually argue with you. They just call you names like a high school bully or a middle school bully. It's very, very strange to see grown adults acting this way. Yeah. And that's why I don't, I don't bother engaging in social media arguments. Like if somebody wants to have a back and forth discussion, but as soon as you start throwing out names and stuff, it's like, okay, you don't have an argument. So, and it goes back to what we talked about before is now emotions getting involved in the conversation. And once that happens, you can take all rationality out of it. It doesn't matter what facts you present or anything. It's just going to, you know, spiral downward. Yeah, I feel like people tend to be more passionate about current topics and not historical events necessarily. Have you had anyone get like really passionate about like one of the Great Deception podcasts that you've list, uh, done and been like, no, you're totally wrong and done any of that or no? Oh, yeah, I've had a couple. Um, my favorite one was Starforts, where a guy just told me that, you know, he'd been researching it for five years or so, and that they were only built for military installations. That's it. There's no other if, ands, or buts about it. And anything you're doing beyond that is wasting your time. And I was like, okay. And so I've, I've gone on a couple other shows and done, you know, discussions about star. And every time he hits me in the DM, oh, I thought I told you to stop. And it's so funny. 
but you know what it, it's entertaining too at the same time because i don't take any of this personally it's yeah. you know what am i gonna i'm getting gonna get mad at some guy that's just has nothing better to do than to troll me like all right fine yeah yeah that that's so funny i thought i told you to stop what's so bad like if you went around saying the sky's purple what's the word like what does that matter and that's my thing with all censorship right yeah. is the fact that you can't even throw out ideas for people to think about because if it goes against the narrative in any way, all of a sudden it's just taken away and washed out and given a strike or whatever you want, whatever, depending on your platform. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I was on a, another podcast where I was a guest and I typically don't censor myself. And so then he tells me later, he goes, yeah, I had to edit this for YouTube. I was like, I would have coded it. Like, I didn't want you to get like taken off of YouTube. He's like, no, no, it's fine. Cause I'm just, I'm saying all the trigger words that are going to oh, yeah. get him deplatformed, you know, COVID vaccine, uh, pharma, like all, all the words. And yeah, I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, no, it's fine. And I was like, well, and it's tough because you gotta, you, you know, you kind of have to tell someone that up front, Hey, listen, we're going to be on YouTube with this. And, and then, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come within the lines, but then on the other side, as a host, you don't want your guests to, you know, censor themselves in any way you want to hear what they really have to say. So yeah, it's such a, it's such a tough line. And that's why I don't put all of my shows, especially, well, the masturbators don't go on uh, YouTube (laughs) at all. No, I mean, they get enough little warning signs on uh, Spotify. So I can only imagine how short their reign would be on YouTube. But even my um my regular show, like my Chicago episode got taken down a couple times, for you know, what? for for different um they would say it was copyright and then they would say it was um hate speech. And I was like, so I went through and I kept removing whatever they would say, and eventually it got down to like a pointless episode. So it was like, okay, we're just gonna take it down entirely and we put it up on other other platforms but it's it's just kind of comical you laugh at and, and kind of play with them and see okay can i get away with this today let's put it out there well i'd seen you i'd uh done a post about uh, it was like a picture of a bunch of dead buffalo and it just stated how the u.s government in like the 1800s had killed all these buffalo to starve the indians didn't mention anything about today and at the bottom of your post it's like you know basically this does, has nothing to do with food shortages and i'm like and just like you had commented, I was like, you didn't mention current food shortages. You're just talking about history. It sounds like someone has a guilty conscience here. Exactly. And and what's even funnier about it is they say, oh, well, we just flagged your post. Well, no, the post is gone. They took it. They took it down um, f- from when I originally posted it. But yet they haven't taken down the reposts. But it, it's so comical because, yeah, I, like I said, I said, there's nothing in here that mentions food shortages. This is simply a statement about fact of what happened in the 1800s and you're bringing up food shortages now because what like nobody mentioned that it's so bizarre it's so bizarre I mean I remember they started flagging my stories that I posted like three months ago and stories only last 24 hours Mm -hmm. so and I'm like why are you flagging my stories from three months ago I don't even remember what I posted three months ago me neither and and it's funny because I would say in the last week they must have upped the algorithm because I've had at least a half dozen posts removed just this week on one account, my old personal account that was dead for a while, they gave it back to me like 
a month or so ago. And that guy, like four or five posts on there got flagged from, and they're all from like early 2021. So it doesn't make any, they're well over a year old. It just doesn't make any sense. My favorites are the ones that you post it and there's no fact check, but then three weeks later, there's a fact check because of something that happened three weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so when I posted it, it was true, but now it's not because like, I don't can't figure it out and don't try to, because it makes no sense. Yeah, no, no. So do you, so I know you post on Instagram um, and I know you're on Spotify and you said some of your stuff is on YouTube. So how do you get around the censorship where you can say what you want to say? Uh, because for the most part, I, you know, other than my opinion, I'm just going off source material, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for the great deception. What I do is I, you know, I'll go to multiple sources sometimes, unless I'm just, you know, reporting on one source. Um, but yeah. And so if they do end up censoring it or dinging me, I always go back and say, okay, well, this is from this book. This is from here. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Um, I've had no issue with the podcast itself. I haven't had any episodes taken down. Okay. Um, thankfully, I'm surprised with some of the Monday Night Master debaters. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's not like we're A, we're not giving medical advice. So yep. that's usually a big one. B, yeah, we touched on the the sensitive subjects. But again, we're not saying you need to do this or you need to do that. So I think I think if you kind of stay general enough and don't really force say you must or you have you know try and sway people one yep. way or another I think you're pretty good yeah I've heard some people say too it all depends on your title oh you know, big what, time and what you put in like the show notes because if there's any trigger words in there then it, they automatically flag your episode yeah and that's one thing I've I've learned is is I don't I just don't if it has anything to do with that they'll get it in the episode but one of my episodes, that's the only problem I've had one time on Apple was I forgot what my title was, but it had something to do with either uh, New World Order or something because we mm-hmm. were just joking around on Master Debaters. And it took a good day and a half for that to finally get posted. And I've had never had an issue with any other show. It was just that one. And, and then as soon as I changed the title, it seemed like it popped up. Interesting. So of all the topics you covered for The Great Deception, what has been your hardest and what has been your favorite? My favorite, hands down, is the Chicago World's Fair. Um, That's one that I don't think I'll ever get sick of. I mean, I do, I go to other topics, but whenever I'm, you know, looking for old books or anything like that, Chicago is always one of those topics I look for because I'm still, I've been looking at it for probably over a year and a half now, almost two years. And I still find new uh, material from the 1800s on a regular basis, which is cool because it starts giving me different puzzle pieces to put the whole picture together. Where do you find those like sources? Is it through like um, Library of Congress or old newspapers? I know a lot of them have been archived online. Yeah, our archive.org is great. I mean, okay. that's the, you know, the uh, Wayback Machine, because um, you can also find some old um, websites that yeah. used to exist. If you have it, you can plug it in and sometimes you'll be able to get some of the information there. Uh, I do still go to the library uh, from time to time. I like going in and seeing what different libraries have on different yep. topics. 
Um, and then I, I love this uh, used books online yes. thing called Better World Books. Okay. And I just get a ton of different, some of it's older, but some of it's new material on it too. But you can get books for two, $3. And it's like, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I know. So yeah, it's a physical book too. Yes. And that's one of the things I've, I've also been very um, cognizant of doing is getting everything either hardcover or getting it in PDF and then getting it over to a backup hard drive. Yep. Um, because one of the things I've noticed is a lot of books are starting to disappear. Um, it's so funny how that, that works out, but you, yeah. you see not only are they disappearing, but some of them are even changing. So it has that very uh, Fahrenheit 451 feel to it. Yeah. Fahrenheit 451, uh, 1984, where they're going in and editing everything in real time. And yep. yeah. So what's your heart? What's the hardest topic you've covered, whether it's just the time length or just so many puzzle pieces or whatever, uh, however you define hard. I have two hard. One was uh, hard from a censorship standpoint okay. was covering the number 6 million. Um, okay. Because what I found is, is that there had been mention of Holocausts of extermination of six, 6 million people in the late 1800s, all okay. the way up through world war two on multiple occasions that it was said. So it was almost um, one of those where when you got to the Holocaust itself, it's like, well, how many times can they cry wolf about this and say that it happened before you have to question it? And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm just questioning the number because yeah. it's one of those things that when you go back and you look at it and anyone that's interested, the, I have an episode out there called the six million number. Um, and it looks at that and how, I mean, we're looking at multiple instances of it being in different countries, you know, whether it was Russia doing it, whether it was Poland doing it, whether it was Germany doing it. Um, there were all these different countries that were accused of mass exterminations. In of, all of Jewish people or just specific populations? Yeah, or? no, it was always Jewish. It was always six million Jews. And it had something to do. It ended up a little bit. I found some connection to some old um, Jewish prophecies of of the number six million and how that would come when after the number six million would happen, then they would be able to rise again. Interesting. Um, so it was really interesting. And that was tough because I was so I walked on pins and needles with it from a censorship standpoint. But again, I was referencing all sources that were out there, you know, mainstream New York Times, New York Post. Um, so it w wasn't a question of whether what this was real or not. It was a matter of whether I could get past the censors. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I remember seeing that in the feed and I'm sure, you know, there's so many podcasts that you want to listen to and so many podcast episodes. You have like this backlog of lists and like, at some point I'm going to listen to these. Yep. Oh, I, and I've gotten bad because I, I was addicted to podcasts for the longest time. I mean, I was listening to eight, 10 hours a day sometimes. Yep. Um, and now I've, I've cut it back because part of it is I feel like I've heard a lot of stuff already so i don't want to hear it again and and a lot of the same people make rounds yeah. um but then i just i'm like i need a break from it too i mean after a while it's like it feels like it consumes you because i i'm, I'm doing if i'm not you know um researching i'm listening to one if i'm not recording it and it's like no you need a break from it too yeah yeah i can i know for sometimes too i want to take notes as i do it so it's 
you know, some podcasts I can have like on in the background and I'm cleaning and it's just enjoyable to listen to. But then there's others. I know there's in some of your episodes where like, I want to actually take notes as I'm going through. And I'm like, so I can't do anything else while I'm listening. Yep. And that's typically when I listen to podcasts, you know, when I'm driving, when I'm cleaning, things like that. So it makes those ones like hard, but then also those are some of my favorites because I love the deep dives. I just have to set aside the time to listen to those. Yeah. And that's what got me into podcasts was listening to other people deep dive into stuff, topics that interest me because I've yeah. always been into history and, you know, current events kind of how everything flows in together. And when podcasts started coming out, I, you know, my brain just exploded because there was so much information out there, but then you start realizing, oh, wait, these are just regular people like you and me a lot of the times. And you have to take it with a grain of salt because Absolutely. just because you hear it or see it, it doesn't mean it's real. Um, and, and so I ran into that with a couple topics that I was like, oh man, I can't believe I wasted time getting into this. Cause this is a never ending rabbit hole and I'm, I'm good. What's one of those? Uh, flat earth. Okay. I, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's not flat. I'm not saying it's not a globe. I'm just, I'm indifferent. I really, yep, same. you know, I don't think it in the scheme of things, I think there's a lot bigger fish to fry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you get into it with certain people or it's one of those hot button topics too, where emotion comes in real quick. I feel like it's one of those topics that was almost designed to divide the quote unquote truth or conspiracy, right? Like whatever term you want to label us or try to uh, community. And just, it's, I feel like it's almost another point of division. Yes. I think it's the same with aliens. Yes. I think aliens is another one where, and that's why you're seeing them trickle things out nowadays. It's just yep. like, okay, it's, it's a feeding frenzy for the truthers. They can go at it, you know, and, yep. they, and they probably sit up there and watch and they're like, okay, watch tomorrow. We're going to drop this story and we're just going to want and like fish in a bowl. We're going to drop in the food and they're just going to go at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the bigger divides of the current politics. Then you have the sm smaller, more localized divides of, you know, like you said, in the truth or community, whatever you want to call it. So, and what was your second hard one? You said you had two. Oh, let's see. What was the other one that was difficult? Well, Disney, honestly, my first one was the hardest because I went into that initially and I started that as a Twitter thread. Okay. Um, and, and that started as, because I saw a meme of Disney and it was Disney, Von Braun, Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard and Aleister Crowley. Okay. And I was like, wait a second, Crowley was dead before the end of world war two. So I don't, and it was all about NASA. So I'm like, I don't think this is true. I started diving into it and I'm like, there's no way Disney was tied in with the Nazis. Oh, well, yes, he was. Oh, there's no way Disney's tied in with the CIA. Oh, yes, he was. Oh, there's no way Disney's tied in with the FBI. Oh, of course he was. And, and so you start, and then you, you start thinking about, well, what were they, you get into the mind control programs. And when, you know, I, I have a nine-year-old son and there's nothing harder for me than to see kids being abused mistreated used like yep. i have a real problem with kids tv you know yep. like the whole disney idea of these kids being on television for that long at that age um because they need to develop as normal kids and and i think as we see later on not only whether it's intentionally done or unintentionally just from 
the the change in lifestyle, these kids have issues later on in life. Yeah, yeah. My so my stepdaughter when she's here, we don't really do electronics. The TV isn't on during the day. Um, if we watch a show, it's a show as a family, um, and it's like maybe once every two weeks, like a single show, like a forty five minute episode type deal. Um, and but then I know when she goes to her mother's house, it's free range electronics, and she's come back going, I saw this on YouTube. Um, one of the things she talked about, mind you, she's nine. Yeah, I know Snow White's all about cocaine. The seven dwarves is all the feelings that you feel when you're on cocaine. And I was like, she's like, and then she's like, what's cocaine? And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. So like, I called my husband and I'm like, I like, I, I, I don't know what to do right now. Because <laughs> I, you don't want to give a super intense reaction. She didn't, she wasn't trying to do something wrong. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to explain it without showing too much emotion because she didn't like you said wasn't trying to do something wrong but obviously she shouldn't be looking at that so explaining why she shouldn't but also not trying to make her more curious to go do more research yeah exactly right you don't want her deep diving on cocaine yeah and I'm like oh oh." that that was a fun conversation it's a tough balance you know and it's the same thing I mean I've had the same issue with my son with you know like sexual things Yep. Um, you know, dealing with the whole uh, gay and straight and LGBTQ. And then in 2020, it was BLM. Yep. Um, because, I mean, he he and I play uh, video games together. Okay. So one of the things, I mean, the video game companies were putting big BLM banners in order to get into any game for a while in 2020. And he's like, Dad, what is this? So I had to kind of, and I did what you did. I want to educate him but at the same time i don't want him going around you know just spitting out facts at people so i i explained to him what was going on in a general sense and that yep. you know for some people they believe in it and some people don't yeah she we were driving by the local library and they had all the different hearts up for june and you know so the rainbow and then like the other colors and things like that and she goes i know june is pride month she goes but what does that mean and I'm like, and somehow I always get stuck with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you get the short end of the stick here. I know, right? And uh, I was like, I'm like, how do I make this, like you said, specific, but like not now. It's basically like, it's a month where they celebrate where boys like boys and girls like girls. And they decided to do a month for it. Well, why would they do that? I don't know, kiddo. It doesn't make sense to me either. And I just kind of left it at that. Yep. Yeah, that's a tough one. Pride Month was tough for me because, you know, explaining it to him. And I was like, well, because it's on all the commercials yep. on everything, you know, and we don't watch regular TV, but he watch he gets to watch, you know, YouTube for 30 minutes a day. Yep. Um, he has like two or three shows and, and these are kids shows and we're yep. still getting these ads that pop up for five and seven seconds in a, at a clip. And having to explain it to him is the same way. But I mean, we it's interesting because when we were in Connecticut, Uh, when he was younger, he was exposed to a lot more uh, gay people than now, which is, you know, we're in Western Mass and a very liberal part of Western Mass where you go two towns over and it's basically um, very open. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of liberal colleges and everything like that. And then you go out to the east of uh, Massachusetts out in the tip of the Cape and you have Provincetown, which is known for it. And he, we've been to both. I mean, Mm -hmm. so uh, he's seen it on a regular basis and it's not something that he even thinks about really. 
until right uh, yeah exactly until they start putting pride month out there and they talk about it in school and things like that and then he raises questions but he just notices it in the street and he just okay it's an afterthought they're just two people right but when they when they shove it down your throat and they they don't want equality they want exceptionalism right they want you to put them on a pedestal it's not good enough just to treat them equal because equal right. would be you could criticize them because you can criticize me. You can, right. you know, they're, they're down for everything else, but no, we have to sugarcoat, roll out the red carpet. And that's where it gets tricky, especially with the kids. It, yeah. And I just trying to explain some of this stuff to her. I'm like, I wish I, I didn't even have to try and explain. I didn't even know what half this stuff was when I was a kid. No. Nope. Parenting now is, is so much harder, I think, than it's ever been because at, at their fingertips, they are one or two clicks away from being in a place they should not be. Absolutely. And, and it's a da- it's dangerous. I mean, we had, um, it's crazy because my six-year-old niece was playing Roblox, mm-hmm. um, a video game on my mother-in-law's phone. And my mother-in-law sits with her, obviously when she's playing mm-hmm. her ex-mother-in-law, I should say, um, and all of a sudden, this grown man's voice came on. Hey, little girl, take off your clothes. And my mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law is like, what? What did that just say? And then all of a sudden, again, hey, little girl, take off your... And she grabbed the phone and was like, what? And shut it off. And then she uh, called my ex-wife and was like, hey, what do you know about this game? And my ex-wife's like, nothing. You know, our son plays it a little bit, but not much. Um, she's like, well, little do you know that I was just on with your niece and there was a grown man that came on and was asking her to take off her clothes. And she's like, oh my gosh. So we deleted off everything and it's a scary world out there. I know I was, I heard someone on Instagram, they had like a baby monitor had in their, like a toddler's room. And apparently the toddler used to be sleeping great and things like that. And then all of a sudden the toddler was, you know didn't want to go to bed, very clingy to the parents and things like that. And they just thought he was going through a phase. Uh, it turns out people were hijacking into the baby monitors and it was also a video one. So they were coming on and they could, the toddler could see, and they were pretending to be a scary monster and saying inappropriate things like you just said. And, um, apparently the company also knew about it for like nine months beforehand and didn't tell the parents that, you know, it could be hacked in. And I'm just like, so I totally understand why people are like, I just want to go live in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't know how I'd survive at this point. You know, yeah. I'm not totally self-sufficient, but I'm like, to protect these kids, I would absolutely do that. You almost have to. It's the only way to be absolutely sure. But you're yeah. right. I mean, you think about it, anything that can be connected to Wi-Fi can be hacked into. Absolutely. And that was one of the biggest fears when we, we had our son was that, you know, his all we got all like the old school equipment. Yep. Um, that wasn't Wi-Fi. It was, you know, you had to press a button and all that stuff. It was, so it was unhackable because we had heard horror stories of things like that. And it's like, not, you know, it wasn't at the video level. I don't think at that point, but the audio for sure, you know, people pretending yeah. to be monsters and things and just, I mean, it's like, come on, we have nothing better to do with our time than to torment children. Yeah. I, I don't know it. I wish I understood, but there has to be some type of I guess nefarious thing going on. I don't know what that is, but then I, you know, I listen to some of your podcasts and things like that. And you look back and I feel like this has been going on for hundreds of years, just in different ways. Yep. 
Yeah. And that's what I, it's what was kind of disheartening was to see that, oh, this isn't something relatively new. This has been going on repeatedly over and over. And uh, one of the interesting things that my uh, good friend, Emmanuel Kingman brings up, he, he talks about the millennial reign of Christ, which is like a thousand year period where Christ rules the earth, mm-hmm. but then which is followed by a period where Satan rules the earth. And, you know, in Revelations, they talk about the bottomless pit opening up. And what he seems to believe is that we are in that time of darkness. And we have been for quite some time now, a couple hundred years. And okay. and it, it makes sense. It makes the events that took place and, and are taking place now make more sense. But it's not reassuring by any means. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, okay, great. I, I, we have kind of an idea about what might be happening, but man, when are we out of this? Can, can anybody rub a crystal ball and tell us that? Because I want to know, I don't know how long this can go on like this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it certainly makes you wonder. And then, you know, you, you have the people that are on one side going almost like to the point of like cultish of, you know, the end is near and you know, that type. And then there's the people almost on the other side going, yeah, whatever will be, will be. And then there's, you know, everyone in between all those shades of gray. And I just, I don't know where I land at. Honestly, depends on the day. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, at this point it's like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I, you, know, <laughs> you just keep going, just roll with the punches. But yeah. I've had, you know, I, and I think that's where, what we're in right now though. I think it is kind of a, a spiritual battle an energy battle where they want people in a fear state in a negative, a low vibration state because they're easily manipulated then. Yeah. You know, if people came together and were, were strong and, and not fearful and thought about the abundance that this planet has, we'd be in a much better position, but they've, they've, they are masters of what they do. And, and what I mean by they is the general they, you look at media, yep. you look at entertainment, it's all a form of brainwashing. You know, the, the media is not the news. You don't get no. the news from them anymore. You get their story about what they want to show you because there's other things that go on in the world that we never even hear about. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it was on your story or someone else's story, but it was like a clip from the movie, A Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one cricketer, I think it's a cricket, is, you know, they have like one nut or cedar comes down and the other crew's like, Oh yeah, we can totally handle that. And then he eventually lets the avalanche fall. He's like, you know, there's a hundred to one, you know, hundred of them to one of us. And if we let one ant stand up, then we're all going to fall. And this is why we have to take control. And this is why we have to silence them now. And you know, the guy in the video commenting was like, you know, this is like, if you don't understand a children's movie, like, cause this is what's happening right now. And I was like, that's an excellent point. Like I knew that, but to see it, and that portrayed in that way to bring it down to the level of a Disney movie, ironically, and pretty yeah. Pixar. I feel it's Pixar. Yeah. yeah. Which is in, you know, but they put a lot of things in movies and a lot of people play it off as, oh, it's just a movie. But in reality, if you were to think about it, the people that are in charge of this madness right now, the darkness, they are scared because if, by some chance, humanity catches its senses and decides to come together. There's nothing that can stop that. It doesn't matter what kind of army you have. It doesn't matter what, you know, what kind of threat you're going to put against the people. They're, it's not going to bother them. They're going to walk right through you. It's a hundred to one. Yeah. I just, it, it honestly makes me wonder. 
honestly, I, I, not wonder. I know that's part of the biggest reason for the censorship because once you get, you know, people on board, they can be strong, you know? And, and that would make sense, right? Why did they close down all the bars? Why did they shut yep. down all the churches in 2020? It was so we couldn't talk about this stuff, like-minded people, right? Because that's where you would gather normally and talk about this stuff. But no, the parks, you're isolated. the beaches. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you could go and and you could have hundreds of people talking at once. And that was like their worst nightmare because they were struggling controlling the narrative as is when everybody was cooped up and separated and locked down. And that just shows you we're powerful. We're much more powerful than we believe or have been led to believe. It makes me wonder why we have quote unquote freedom now where the lockdowns have been lifted or things like that. Like, is it just hoping that we're going to go meet in small groups, right? And just try and have a typical summer, whatever that looks like. Like, it makes me really wonder what their agenda is. Yeah, and I think part of it too, though, is they put such fear into some people that they know, okay, well, those people aren't going out to talk anymore, you know, or there's some people that were on the fence that they think they put enough scare into them that they don't want to cross the line because they've been, they've been told. And, and some people that went along with it now regret that decision and are having issues from following blindly. Like we talked about before, you don't just want to obey blindly even when they say it's good. Yeah, actually it hasn't aired yet, but I interviewed a woman whose daughter got the Pfizer vaccine. And after the second dose, she ended up having a lot of health issues. And it wasn't until then that, you know, the mother started actually researching because before that it was, you know, she was a lot like I was where, yeah, of course the CDC is fine. Of course the FDA is fine. Of course. Like why would, why would they, Yeah, you know, why would they want to? And I think for a lot of people, they can't put themselves in the mindset, I guess, of a bad person or an evil person. Like they can't comprehend why someone would want to do something bad. Yeah. It's that, it's that Hillary Clinton idea, right? That you have so many women that I forgot who it was. that says it, but like, she's your grandmother and you can't picture your grandmother doing anything nasty or evil or illegal. Therefore you transpose that on these politicians when in reality, it's two different games. These people are playing a, you know, game of Thrones type game for their own survival. Yeah. And we're just pawns in, in it, but you know, and it makes me laugh though. People still latch on to politicians and still play that, you know, red blue game, or this politician is going to save us because the system's broken and it doesn't matter you know, who you get into the system, it's not going to go the way you want it to go anymore. So what do you think the answer is? If I agree that the whole system is broken, the red, the red, blue paradigm, like two wings, of the same bird, totally agree with you. So what do you think the answer is to actually having change? Oof. To, to make it work, I don't know right now because they've got things so upside down and inverted that, there's so many people right now. And and it's funny because a lot of people say they're NPCs, right? They talk about these non-player characters that are out there that are just there basically to fill up space. Um, And if that's the case, then yeah, there is a large number of people that you cannot get along and uh, on board, I should say, um, on the same wavelength. And that's what we need, right? We talked about a few minutes ago that the only way this 
works is if that hundred is going against one, if it's, you know, 50 of us against 10, well, they have better weapons and they have better, you know, they're going to find a way, but if we can outnumber them completely, that's the chance, but they've done a masterful job at it. You know, they put the fear yeah. into people. I, and I've heard both sides of the conversation, but you know, there's some people that say, oh, we just need to go off and start our own little communities. And then there's other people that say, no, we need to stay and fight. Cause then, you know, nothing ever changes. And depending upon the day, uh, I'll give you a different answer, but where do you stand on it? At least today. I'm with you. I I think, honestly, I don't think federally there's anything we can do to fix it right now without drastic changes. You would need a, you would need term limits that has is is a must to see any change. And then you also need to limit the amount of, um, you know, fundraising and campaigning and and all that lobbying that they do because that's, they're just paid actors for these companies you know they're they're that's all they are they're like doctors they should walk around like nascars and show everyone that sponsors them um and i think that's you know but in all reality this system when you start going back through it it was kind of built to do this exactly what it's doing it and it's it's interesting because some people say from its inception this was meant to be kind of a controlled demolition um and i find i i don't tend to disagree with that, but I also like to think that the founding fathers did have good intentions when they started this country. Um, but then again, you have heavy Masonic overtones and whenever yeah. that's involved, you cannot tell if it is pure or if it is corrupted. Absolutely. Yeah. I, he- I heard someone say, you know, the system's not broken because everyone says, Oh, the system's broken. No, the system's working just as they intended. It's mm-hmm. not broken. We just think it's broken. Yeah, well, that's what you get. You don't want a democracy. You want a republic. A democracy is just majority rule. Right. And that's basically what we have now. You know, I mean, it, whoever has 51% gets to make the rules right now. Or just the, the loudest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Or or lights the most fires. I mean, yes. it's it's just ridiculous how things are done today. It's It's all, like we said before, it's all based on emotion. Yeah. And, and that's what politics has turned into. It's not. And the funny thing is, is I was laughing because I saw a meme just before I hopped on here about um, Roe versus Wade and how in 1999, Trump was pro-choice. Yeah. And, you know, and back then Biden was not, he was totally anti. And now they basically kind of play their card and and, and it's just theater. They're going to tell you, what pacifies their audience and then what they do is totally different sometimes oh absolutely i saw this it was a video clip in someone's stories uh in i don't know the validity of it uh but supposedly it was the woman from roe versus wade so it was roe and she's talking about how she was paid to say what they wanted her to say and she regrets it And that I think it was the date on it was like May, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, holy, like, if that is true, I would love to know the response of someone and and not emotional response to someone who's upset about this overturning, what they thought of this woman's testimony, if that actually was her. 
I would love to too. And I don't think you're going to get an unemotional no. response. No, unfortunately. It was funny because I was watching uh, Alex Stein was down in New York City mm-hmm. and he was going around asking people and he's like, uh, so do you believe in my body, my choice? And they're like, yes, absolutely. And he's like, well, what about uh, mandatory vaccines? And then every single one of them was like, uh, you know, they gave some excuse. Yep. But it, it, that's the game we're in right now. It's everybody has an an angle they're playing and, and they can flip-flop on any issue. It just, yes. it, they've been, uh, you know, it's like cattle and they've been gone in one field and they've just been eating that grass all along and so be it. And it doesn't matter. There's no connection between two sides with some of these people. And that's, what's the scariest is that yeah. you can say something like that. Like you can be absolutely my body, my choice, except when we want to give you a experimental medical procedure. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you can walk them down the road. I've actually walked people down the road of um, how the COVID-19 jab isn't actually a true vaccine and like walked mm-hmm. them all down and they say yes to every point. Right. And that's dangerous. And there's no studies and we don't know long-term side effects and shit like that. Like I'll walk them down this whole world and they'll say yes to every single point. And so then I'll be like, okay, so these shouldn't be mandatory. You should be able to make your own choice. Right. Well, no, they should absolutely be mandatory. And I'm just like, I give up. I give up. Yeah. For safety of the public, right. It's everyone else's, but don't worry about your safety for everyone else's safety. It's just, it's, it's such mental gymnastics. You have to laugh because how do you, how do you do that? How can you say that? It just doesn't make any sense. So because I used to be that person, I try and empathize and I try and go back to where I was mm-hmm. and talk to them. Like, and so I would, I would use points that would have maybe changed my mind and they still, they, they can't, they can't connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I give you credit for that because a lot of people now are trying to convince everyone and that's where you're not going to get anywhere with anybody right no. now. Your, your whole point should be to not convince them, just give them some information. Yeah. And if they take it, they may have some questions and then you can go forward. But at this point, I don't think you're changing anyone's mind one way or the other. And I don't think you need to. I think, you know, we're kind of at where we're at because we are where we are. Uh, yeah. Things have gone this way for a reason. And, you know, you're not going to save everyone. I've nope. lost more people trying to do what I thought was right, which was probably wrong and most likely wrong because they weren't ready for it. Yeah. And that's the difference. If somebody's ready for it and willing and asking, then give it to them. Absolutely. But if they're not, don't waste your time. It's not worth it's the fight's not worth it anymore. The arguments aren't worth it anymore. The negativity isn't worth it anymore. We just need to move on. Yeah. It's I I I wholeheartedly agree with you because trying to convince someone that isn't willing to listen is just, it's a pointless venture and you just got to let those people go. It's like rationalizing a kid in a temper tantrum. Yeah. You know, good luck. Good luck getting your point across when this kid is red zone screaming, bawling, it's not happening. And and they're not in that state, but they've, they've closed off that part of the the cognitive dissonance in their brain to say, I'm not going to listen. I don't even want to hear it. I've set my mind on this and that's the way it's going to be. And so be it, you know, everybody has their own personal choice and you can still be friends with that person. That's what I, you know, my biggest thing is, is people think just because we think differently, we can't get along. No, that's a beautiful thing because then you can have some great discussions. Right. Yeah. As long as there's mutual respect on each side, 
mm-hmm. you know, that's how you have those really productive conversations. I've had conversations with my friend. We don't agree on certain topics. And sometimes I would try and bring it up and there'd be very, there'd be a lot of emotion in the response. And so I would just kind of let it go and change the subject. And we still talk about a lot of different things. And I just know there are certain subjects we don't discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's very frustrating because we've lost that ability to connect. It's all or nothing. It's echo chambers now. And, and I have, you know, since 2020, I've been in the opposite. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of any team. I don't want to be really a part of any group because once you get into that format, someone's going to want to take charge and then you're going to have factions forming divisions. Like we talked about before, everything ends up divide and conquer. So I think going on your own and just including people along the way is, is probably the easiest way to do it right now because you can go sit in an echo chamber, but what good is it? It doesn't do you any good these days. Exactly. Exactly. There was a show and I I can't remember the name of it right now. When Jake, when Jake uh, was on my podcast, he mentioned it, but apparently there's a podcast where a woman will have on two people with very different points of view. So like pro-life, pro-choice. And they actually sit there and have a rational discussion. There's no name calling. There's none of that. And I wish I could remember the name of the podcast. Um, I'll have to ask Jake because I would love to hear those types of conversations. I love the conversations where you can genuinely hear both sides of an argument because there may be parts of argument A that you agree with and parts of argument B that you agree with and you end up somewhere in the middle or like, and so hearing both of those, those are some of my favorite things to listen to. Yeah. and, And what you find throughout those conversations is there are points that we connect on. Everyone can find ground, common ground with somebody. And that's what we have to try and find instead of finding why we're so different and what we think differently about, why can't we try and find what we think the same about and what we agree about and then build from there. Um, And I think that's where we kind of need to go because this whole idea of you're either all in or all out, you have to be on my team or you're not on my team. It's just gotten us to a point of insanity right now i mean we live in the world of idiocracy i watched a video today of the mayor of new york watching a bulldozer run over probably a thousand to fifteen hundred street bikes and they were saying these street bikes will never cause a problem in the streets of manhattan again like that's what we've gone to like we couldn't donate those bikes to kids or use the parts in a in a time when getting parts is really tough No, instead, we're just going to bulldoze it to make a point and, you know, play the politics game. That's where we are. This is why I don't have TV. This is why, like, I don't, people are like, oh, you have to watch the news to know what's going on. And I was like, no, you don't. No, I don't. No. Like, well, you need to understand the other side. I was like, at this point, I was like, I don't want to hear anybody's side. Nope. (laughs) Because it's from the mainstream media and even you know on some of the telegram channels it's the same people saying the same things and i don't to your point of an echo chamber whether it's one side or the other i don't want to hear it anymore and does it affect your life no right and that's what i said i noticed once i stopped watching the news any of that angst or uh you know that because i would watch it laughing but at the same time it still gets in you your brain and you think about it and you're like okay well what if this is true kind of thing 
And, and I was like, no, now I, I just don't even pay attention. And if I don't pay attention, it doesn't exist to me. Exactly. Now, do I still pay $5 a gallon at, at the pump? Yes. I know that. I know what's going on, yeah. but I don't have to sit there and watch the news. I can, I go in the gym every morning and there's eight TVs on with every news station and just walking by there for 10 seconds, I can read every, you know, one of the, whatever the flashing headline yep. is and know where they're going for the day. And I'm like, okay, that's enough mainstream for me. I'm good. I know what they're going to push for the day. And that's what we're going to do. And you're absolutely right. It's just a giant, I feel like it's an energy, you know, harvest. They use absolutely. it just to suck your energy out, either puts you in a fate of complete fear or in a complete state of, you know, ignorance. Yeah. My, we were talking to my stepdaughter about like watching the news and watching TV. She's like, you guys don't watch TV like at moms. And I was like, we don't need to. She's like, well, what if something really big happens? I was like, if something that big happens, I said, someone's either going to text me to make sure I'm okay or like the national alert is going to go off on my phone. I was yep. like, if it's something that big, I was like, yep. I'm, I, I don't need to watch the news. I, we don't need to have the TV on. It's okay. Yeah. I got rid of cable probably 2020, I think 2020, 2021. I've had it, haven't had it for two years and it's yep. beautiful. Like I never realized how much time I wasted with the television on and, and mindlessly just consuming. And yeah, it's what was I, I, and a lot of times I was just watching the same thing over and over again. And it's like, okay, now, I mean, I have televisions in the house, but we don't, we don't watch nearly any television compared yeah. to what we used to. My husband and I have like a couple shows that we watch that are like on Hulu, Netflix, whatever, that we can watch it as we go. Yep. Um, but so if they take us five years to finish, like we don't care. Um, and one thing that with my ex-husband, we had a TV in the bedroom. And so I was always used to falling asleep, the TV on. And my husband now is like, he's always been no TV in the bedroom. And at first I was a little angsty about it. And now I'm really grateful for it. Cause we have a TV in the living room and that's connected to, you know, the streaming services. And then my stepdaughter has a TV in her playroom in the basement that is not connected to any internet and there's only the movies in the basement. We know what they are. Yep. So if she wants to watch one, she has friends over, we know they're all approved and we don't need to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like my parents' house, when I was growing up, we had a TV in the kitchen. We had a TV in the living room. We had a TV in the basement. My parents had one. My sister had one and I had one. There was three people in the house and we had six TVs. Yep. And I think, oh, and we had one outside too. And I'm like, why do we need that is what they wanted, right? That's that black mirror. So you're yeah. always connected to it. Why would three people need six TVs? Yeah. Right. And that's what I laugh at because even in my apartment, I have three rooms, three TVs. And it's like, it's not by choice. It's from when I downsized at my yeah. house, I had three. And so they're set up, but I unplug all of them unless I'm using them. Because one thing that I found is that between the Wi-Fi and the TVs and the cell phones, I was sleeping like garbage at yeah. night. Even if everything, now I unplug everything. I shut my router off at night and I've noticed I, I'm almost dreaming again on a regular basis, which is That's cool. wild for me. I haven't done that in like 30 years. <laughs> That's cool. And, and yeah, I know some people, they talk about using like mugwort or like to like help with their dreams. Sometimes they'll use like a mugwort tincture. Mm -hmm. Um but then I've heard people too, I don't smoke cannabis, but there's people who say that when they smoke cannabis, they can't dream. And so they'll purposely go on 
uh, Libby's Lee detox from it for a period of time, just so they can start trying to dream again. Yep. Yeah. That's one of the things I've heard too. It did definitely a correlation between the two. It's interesting how one herb can suppress it and another herb is supposed to bring it out. <laughs> I, I, forgot. I think it was the other night I was on a podcast and I was talking with somebody about like the, just the miracle of this place. Yeah. You know how you can find everything you need is provided to you in on the planet somewhere yep. in the ground naturally. Any disease, there's a cure out there. There's and it's it gets me into thinking. You know, it's almost too perfect, right? Did somebody design this? Is that the, is that what the touch of God is, or are we in some sort of you know? Some people say you're in a simulation where you know they create it and it's perfectly created, but. I'm just amazed by our planet. And the more I get to know, and and I wasn't big into herbs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I've started following some people and listening more and more. Um, Cause I had some health issues and I, I really, <laughs> I, I despise the medical industry, um, the pharmaceuticals, especially. Yep. Um, and it's so nice to be able to use natural products and not yeah. have that just, and, and not pay propagate it even further, right? I don't yep. want to be a number in the system. I want to be a person and I want to be dealt with on, like a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I've said this before, there's absolutely times for Western medicine. If I was ever hit by a car again, please take me to a hospital in a trauma mm-hmm. bay. Um, once I'm recovering, I want my oils. I want my herbs. You know, I want my energy healing. So I absolutely agree with you. And I, it took me a while, but I weaned myself off of three inhalers and a bunch of other pharma medication. And when I did that, I felt so much better. It wasn't fun detoxing basically, mm-hmm. but now I have these natural options. And at first my husband was a little, he was on board, but like not a hundred percent on board, you know? Well, just because of the risk, right? Right. Yeah. And and just the, um, we still have Advil in the house. We still have a leave. We still have these things, but he's more likely to reach for like peppermint essential oil, like rubbed on his stomach or, you know, taken internally for an upset stomach than he is for Tums. Mm-hmm. And so we have those conventional quote unquote, Western medicine options in the house. Should we need them? But we first, we go to these natural options. And a lot of the times they work really well. But what I found is the people who are on a ton of pharmaceuticals and their body is basically toxic, these natural options don't work as well, if at all. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're, they're counteracting in the body. You know, I'll give some stuff to my parents and they're like, oh, this stuff didn't work. And I'm like, okay, like everyone's different. Like, okay. And so I'll try a few different things, but like a lot of the natural stuff doesn't work because they take Tylenol PM every night among other yep. things. And, and what else have they been taking for the last 20, 30 years? Exactly. And that's, that's the issue that a lot of people have. We are, we are for the most part toxic. Yes. Um, and it's by design because if you are sick, then they, you need their system. If you're not sick, you have no need for their healthcare system. I mean, I went over 20 years without seeing a doctor. It was a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden I had uh, an autoimmune disease and was getting bounced around doctor's appointments on a weekly basis. And it's, it was just a dog chasing his tail in the end, but they made a lot of money off me in that brief time until I exit stage left. And I'm like, Nope, I'm not playing your game anymore. I will figure it out on my own. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better. 
Yeah, it's you know it's a roller coaster ride. It's I, oh. I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so um, which is rare for someone my age, my uh, race, my gender. Uh, it's usually a a Latin or Black female issue, and yep. older too. I, I mean, I was diagnosed at I think thirty eight with it, um, and it's been crazy because just going the natural route has made things so much better for years. I was in, you know, taking weekly injections of these heavy duty pharmaceuticals and struggling, you know, I mean, mentally, physically, it it was, uh, you know, putting a bandaid on a bullet hole. And uh, after two to almost three years, I finally just said to the doctor, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, you guys, I've given you three years I, you've tried multiple things on your, your way. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm out. Um, and you know, I've met some great people along the way that have helped out. And I feel like every day is a new opportunity to find something new as far as health wise, you know, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm not, I'm by no means perfect. Right. I love, I love desserts. I'm, I got a sweet tooth beyond uh, recognition, but at the same time, I try and watch everything in moderation. So, you know, I I laugh at these people that tell you, oh, you have to do this diet or you have to do that diet. Well, that doesn't work for me, you know? And that's when, why I had problems with the doctors because they were putting, saying this will work for you because it worked for everybody. And no, I'm different than everybody else. Just because it worked for, it's not working for me. Well, just give it more time. Nope. <laughs> did you, I'm curious, did you actually tell them you were like stopping going? Oh, I, yeah, just... I, I, I went in there and on my last visit, I was like, listen, I said, we've, I've given you two to three years. I said, you've sent me to other specialists. We've done, I've been part of your, um, I was even like a testing program they yep. did. That was a little guinea pig for a while. And I said to him, I said, I'm done. I said, I can't, you, you've offered me no resolutions. I said, you exactly that you've put a bandaid on a bullet hole. I've been just going laterally for the better part of three years and I'm done. I'm going to try it on my own. And they kept calling me and calling me for, you know, you got to set up an appointment you got to set up an appointment. And I was like, Nope, I'm not doing it. Because what I realized was that weekly injection that cost me $5 a month was really per dose. And the doctor was getting a nice kickback off that. So once I pulled the plug, they, you know, that money dried up and I was no longer contributing. And once I realized I put two and two together, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. There's got to be a better way. Did they try and pull the whole like you're going to die, you're going to be in a, did they try the scare tactics too? Oh yeah. He said, he he told me within, um, within a year, if I didn't find the cure, which there is no cure, it's right. just, you know, um, that I would start having liver failure that my, you know, I would have sort all sorts of internal organ failure and things like that. And I'd be, I'd, I could possibly get, um, uh, shingles, you know, he just tried, he threw anything at me. He could. And I, I was like, okay, yep. This is just desperation. Yeah. Th- those are some of my favorite conversations. Like when they, they literally use these scare tactics because you're standing up to them and then they don't know what to do. Like those are the most comical to me. Yeah. Because what do they do now? I mean, most doctors, you go in, you tell them what's wrong. They go to the computer, they type it in, they get a list of certain amount of things. And well, what if my, what works for me isn't on your list doc. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not just 
a robot that gets in the system. And that's, what's been bothering me about it. Even today, I think about it and I'm like, man, I'm like, they don't want you to get healthy. No, they want you to feel a little bit better, but they don't want you healthy. Nope. And, and that's what was so frustrating. And, and until I saw um, some, I saw a, a naturologist about, you know, if I had any food allergies or yep. anything like that, and that came back, there was nothing there. And then, so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm eating at myself. Like, what could this possibly be? And then it came down to, well, what about stress? What about lifestyle? Maybe it's not something food related, you know, maybe it is just your, your body's out of whack. And, and so I, you know, I messed around with some, um, different supplements, you know, uh, mm-hmm. turmeric and curcumin are huge. And, um, I gotta try, uh, Kelly has this magic little potion that she pushes, um, out there. And I, I gotta try that because uh, a couple of my friends have taken it and, and say it's great. So, but natural's the way to go. And that's the only Absolutely. way I'm going. I will never be on blood thinners, any of this stuff. No. Yeah. There was, I don't know, probably a few weeks ago now, uh, I couldn't tell if I had appendicitis and I really didn't want to go to the ER, but I have this phrase of I'm stubborn, not stupid. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of borderline. And I'm like, if it bursts, that would be really, really bad. Like I probably should just go, we're going to go get this checked. I go like, no, it's not your appendicitis or appendix. But you have diverticulitis. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I'm going to go home. Then they're like, well, you need antibiotics. And I was like, no, I'm going to decline them. Thank you. And he's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, I do. I said, if you give me this one, I said, I'm going to have a lot of in- lower intestinal GI issues. I said, and I'm, I always get a yeast infection. I said, I'm not doing that. We'll, we'll put you on this one. We'll put you on this and I'll give you a medicine uh, just in case a yeast infection does pop up with this. And I was just like, I'm not, I was like, you can write them. I said, but I'm not going to take them. Well, you know, you're good. It's going to perforate and you're going to go septic and you're going to die. And I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to try something natural, but thank you. Yeah. He was so angry. And I went home and took oregano oil and some garlic capsules for like four days. And I was fine. You're going to die. You're going to get septic. He told me I was going to die. What kind of, I mean, that, that guy should lose his license just for that alone. I mean, how. Oh, it, but they don't see us as people. Some of these no. doctors, right? We are less than, and, and just like he said, you don't know what you're talking about. Heaven forbid you could, you do your own research. Well, and what threw them off too, is they kept trying to give me pain meds and I was like, no, I don't want anything. I'm okay. Thank you. And I'm over here, like smelling essential oils and like rubbing stuff on my stomach and shit. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't want pain meds. Like I'm like, I just need to know if it's my appendix. That's all I want to know. Like, is mm-hmm. this an emergency? And they asked me like five or six times in a matter of two hours. And I was like, no, no. Like, are you sure? Like, do you want anything? I was like, no. They're like, well, you look nauseous. I said, yep, I have peppermint. We're good. Like, please just leave me alone. (laughs) It's amazing what those natural oils will do though. I mean, like we said before, there's a cure out there. There's a remedy at least. There's a a remedy. Yes. Yeah. There's something to aid you in your, in your eases. And absolutely. I don't know. I just, I feel like we get we're not pushed in the right direction, right? We're just told to, to trust the system and, and just have faith and trust science and all this blind, blind faith that 
is not in our benefit. And that's, that's, you know, by basically to go yep. all the way around is why I started my show is, yeah. is basically because of that. I kept seeing it over and over. And like we talked about, you can't watch mainstream TV anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not for people like us. It's, you know, more comedy, even, even television shows, they got so politicized, even sports. I was talking with a, a buddy of mine the other night and I said, man, I was a huge sports guy until 2020 because it was my escape from politics. It was my escape from the the daily job grind. But then I started watching sports and it's more politics. It's more yep. political than it's ever been. And I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And, uh, and, and so since, but what you realize is life goes on, you know, everybody's like, they, they, they base their life on these things. And then you realize you're like, oh, if this goes away, my life will never be the same. No, guess what? You'll, you'll pick it up. You'll find something else to replace it. And, you know, you'll probably end up doing better for yourself because you're not wasting as much time investing in other people. You actually invested in yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I noticed since I stopped watching TV as much, like my husband, I watch like maybe a show or two, like three times Mm -hmm. a week, maybe like, um, oh, I do sit- too. Every night I'll put mm-hmm. it on for, you know, a good half hour, watch a little documentary or something. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, it, it's not this eight hours a day, you know, on a Sunday consuming your life and, you know, him and I'll actually sit down and have conversations and which is, that's a novel nowadays. concept, right? Right. <laughs> actually talking with your spouse like that yeah. blows people's minds. Not just texting, sitting next to each other on the couch. Yeah. Like are, are there times that we're both sitting on the couch next to each other on Instagram, showing each other funny shit? Absolutely. Of like, course. But then we're also like, Hey, let's go lay out in the backyard or, Hey, I need help with the garden or, Hey, we're doing a house project or whatever. Like earlier when my internet died or my fo- computer was going to die yesterday, we completely rearranged our living room. Like, com- and it took us all day. Yep. But rearranging a room with a giant sectional is uh, definitely a bonding experience. <laughs> especially yeah you and a math lesson in itself yes right you're like a you're like a human rubik's cube at that point we can move things certain ways but we don't want to pin ourselves in right and then making sure you don't step on the cat or the dog in the process (laughs) yeah it's they're such good helpers though you know she they were such great helpers (laughs) oh more like speed bumps oh you know there you go yeah (laughs) yeah Well, it was great talking to you, Matt. I truly appreciate you coming on here. Um, it, and I put these in the show notes, but if people want to reach out to you or if they're interested, you know, the Chicago World's Fair, the Monday Night Master Monday Night Master Debaters, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Great Deception Podcast. Um, and you have to type in the Great Deception. And then when you get to like P or Pod, it'll finally pop up. So <laughs> needless to say, I'm a little shadow banned. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little. But once you get in there, I have a link tree in there to all my stuff. I have a YouTube channel. I have a Patreon. I have a merch store that I just started recently. So if you want to get t-shirts or anything, there's stuff in there. Um, So yeah, all my stuff is there. And my podcast is on all major platforms. So the Great Deception Podcast, feel free to check it out. And uh, I answer all my DMs on Instagram. So if you do have any questions or, you know, ever want more material on things that I research, I'm always sharing stuff with people. So I love the back and forth. Awesome. Yeah. And I can vouch for that. He's very responsive in the DMs. 
great to talk to. So I just wanted to thank you again, Matt, for coming on and thank you for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day.